Hey everybody, it's the Tugboat here. Uh, I just wanted to welcome you to a new conversation. Uh, I decided to do a little intro to this one, just to make sure everyone knows what they're getting into. This one is one of the uh, conversations with Cheese and the Tugboat, where the Tugboat interviews an interesting personality. Um, we have Ron Rockman for this episode. Uh, I just wanted to give you a little heads up that it's uh, on the low energy side. Um, I stayed at Ron's uh, palatial estate uh, the night before, and we kind of got into one. And, uh, yeah, didn't eat any breakfast the next morning, so energy's on the low side. But on the high side is the sound quality. We're using our new microphones, higher production value, courtesy of a Christmas gift from Admiral Bonesaw and Dutchie. We, uh, we upped our game there. Uh, that being said, you do hear a little bit of tickling in the microphone, and that was uh, Ron's beard rubbing against the mic. That's how good they are. Probably uh, lesson learned. We'll clip it in a little bit lower for him next time with his luscious beard. But uh, yeah, we're the 99th episode, 99th conversation here, and uh, we actually taped it in Brantford, home of 99. Yes, the Wayne Gretzky. I really planned it out, foresight, all that kind of stuff, made it happen so that our 99th was in the home of 99. Kind of gets off to an awkward start, but uh, here it is, so enjoy. Have fun. So we're still recording, and I'll edit this part out. Okay. Because I edit now. It's a new move. <laughs> it used to just be a joke. Just <laughs> <clears throat> So, production value is really going up. Yeah, we have mics. <laughs> so I'm sitting here. We're about to have a conversation with Double R, Ron Ronkman. The man, the myth, the legend. Glad to be here. I just start. I, there's no... I don't <laughs> like to do a formal intro anymore. <laughs> but I'm here with Ron. We're doing a tugboat interview for Conversations. With Cheese in the Tugboat. Um, intermittently... Uh, Ron's daughter will burst in with questions and complaints about Google Home. Um, so the D train will be rolling through the station, I'm sure. But uh, I think that's a guarantee. Yeah, 100. percent Yeah. Um, Ron, let's let's do the questions. I gave you at least 40 seconds to read them, so I feel like you'll have answers prepared. I appreciate the heads up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so here, I'll just, I'll throw, I'll give you an easy one, I'll lob one up. Where are you going for your next vacation? That's actually a really good one. We've been, we've been trying to figure that out recently. Um, I don't know if we want to do something cheap and cheerful or, where do you want to go on your next vacation? Um, in Cambridge. In Cambridge? That sounds awesome. Daddy. Sounds affordable. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we can get a nice big room at the, uh, Motel Aid. Daddy. Hmm? I don't know, I want to do something, something nice and warm or something a bit more adventurous. I kind of think in Egypt. But I might get my head cut off. Um, what, when, when are you planning to go on your next vacation? Uh, long term? Short term? Um, probably, probably shorter term. Um, I was hoping to have something around March, but work got a little crazy. Um, so probably going to try and salvage that for like April or May or something like that. Nice. Um... Yeah, I think I need to take something in March. I booked the time off for the second week, but I have no plans. Yeah. So I got to figure that out. 
going to adventure to Cam- I hear Cambridge is nice. Yeah, it's affordable. <laughs> the Motel 8. So we, we I mentioned the word short term, so I'm going to ask that one next. What's a what's a short term goal that you're close to achieving? That's a good question. I don't know if I if I'm like organized enough to say here are my goals, but like there are things that have been like nagging me. You know, I got to start eating better, so I think I want to to do something in regards to that. I don't know if that means healthier or just more delicious fatty food, but um, <laughs> that's uh, that's something. But uh, um, paying down some last bits of debt um, and trying to get that kind of turned around and putting some savings together. But that's that's it for sort of excitement for short-term goals. But. That's a lot more ambitious than me. My goal was to put the spoons up in my basement. <laughs> I did it. It took over a year. Excellent. Well, those are good. Those are good goals, though. What about long-term? You said you don't have goals organized. Is there something long-term that you wanted to do? I mean, obviously, you wanted to get a bigger house, which we're sitting in. So, um, so that box is checked. Check, mate. Um, no, I think... Uh, so there are places I want to go travel to, um, and probably, like, your, not your typical... Like, I want to go check out Africa, like Egypt, um, probably some dangerous places out there. So I don't know how much Ashley wants to do that, but... Uh, well, my little cousin, whose name... I don't have a good nickname for other than she's one of the two angry dwarves that we went to school with. Um, How could that be? She went to, like, I don't think she went into Syria proper, but she was in Jordan, Egypt, across there by herself for, like, two weeks. She saved up working at a hotel for, like, a year to be able to afford it and then just, like, quit her job and went over there and did it. But that's, I guess that's that's excellent. Yeah, it would be probably harder to yeah do but, when you're married with kids. And I, and I say all this, but I'm a, I'm a bit of a pansy, so I'd probably get a little freaked out. Well, I could see you going to Egypt and looking at the pyramids. Like, that's fairly touristy and yeah. safe and whatnot. Know, they're like travel advisories for Egypt, except for like a resort town. There's plenty of that works out. The one place that makes money yeah. is safe, but the rest yeah. of the country hands off. The rest of the country is in absolute shambles. <laughs> So going to another question. So we talked about small things. So and you talked about wanting to eat better. What's a what's a small thing you could approve about yourself tomorrow? Like really easy, low hanging fruit. Oh man. I think there's two two big ones. It's probably eating better and probably stopping the uh, you know smoking the jazz cabbage. Jazz. I, know, like, I haven't heard that one. I like that. I've heard electric lettuce, but the electric jazz, lettuce, jazz cabbage. <laughs> Um, yeah, for me, it's, I just have to up my activity. So when I lived with the boys and before I played on teams, we would go and do stuff. Now that I'm isolated, I do very little physical activity. Like for work, I I do a lot of walking, but on my own, I do a lot of sitting on my excellent sexual couch. (laughs) Um, so I have the bike and I've been trying to use it. I need to make that a more regular thing and I've noticed that my my all my weight measurements have been based around trips to Texas so pre-Texas in March last year I was a certain weight and then I went down 10 pounds when I got back and then I was at that level like there was a lot of fluctuations you know how it goes and then when I went to Texas the second time I was still at that 10 pounds from Texas 1 and then now I'm getting back up starting to creep towards I'm still not there 
but I, I didn't make it sound like it's a goal to get there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm starting to get back towards where I was at Texas 1, which I, I don't want to do. I want to be, like, 30 pounds less than that by yeah. the end of the calendar year. So we'll see where that goes, but... Yeah, I got to get my... Like, yeah, like you could easily do it tomorrow. You could just take the kids for a walk for half an hour and do that. But with your schedule, it's hard to have like a regimented. That's the hard part. Thing. And, and we, we got kind of good at it before. And, and uh, there, there was like a maybe four or five months there where I was doing well, like last year or two years ago. Um, we'd come home and like make sure that, you know, goes for a walk or I go for a walk or whatever. Um, and that really helps. And I got the weight down and then it just like hockey stick back the other way. Yeah. And I'm like way heavier than ever. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's mine was, well, no, I was a little younger than you are now. <clears throat> and I was working in the office and my physical activity was declining and the richness of the food I was eating was increasing because I was making more money mm. and I could stop eating like craft dinner for supper. And, uh, yeah, it just hockey sticked way up, but I didn't notice because I was looking at myself every day. Yeah. And then I would see someone like a month out, and they'd be like, "Oh, dude, um, <laughs> what happened? Yeah, you ate somebody." And I was like, "I just ate my feelings." <laughs> and I, I like catch myself in the mirror and be like, "My, my face is fucking bell shaped. <laughs> like, like I'm yeah. having big fat cheeks now. What's going yeah, on?" Yeah, I was. Uh, what was I shaking? Oh, I was shaking. Um, the can of soup to get the last little like it was chicken and rice and I was trying to get the last little rice kernels nuggets I don't even know what rice is called the rice anyway I was trying to shake it out and I was shaking and I could feel my cheeks <laughs> just gyrating it was disgusting but also probably really funny to watch so I get but as usual no one was there to film me so we'll keep sliding yeah um what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? Oh, my gosh. That's probably the hardest question. Oh, no, this is uh, one of the easiest. It's going to only get worse from here. Oh, shit. <laughs> when I was 10 years old, okay, let's think. I probably wanted to be, like, an astronaut. Um, yeah, definitely. Loved, always watched, like, Star Trek and stuff like that with my dad. Uh, we had a little telescope. Um... Yeah, I, I, I definitely remember going out of the park behind our house, like, um, and, like, Newmarket and stuff like that, and, like, really had a good time, but... Could you see stars in the city? Uh, it was more, like, moons and planets and stuff, oh. but... I, I remember going to the park and, like, trying to find a comet, and there was, like, I don't know if it was, like, the Haley... It just stands out, like, the Haley Bob yeah. comet or something like that, but I remember that. Decent. Um, yeah. So then, add ten years, then what did you want to do? When, sorry? Like another 10 years later? Yeah, so when you were 20. When I was 20. So, so kind of like, yeah. I guess it would be, you'd be a couple of years into university then. Yeah, so, well, my university career was, uh, was you know, burnt, burnt intensely and bright and fizzled out very quickly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I distinctly remember having a conversation um, on the back deck of the place where I lived with, uh, with D-Rock for a bit on Surrey Street on the phone with my dad basically being like, you know what, I'm just not going to do the whole psychology thing anymore and I'm just going to go open a store and like build and sell guitars and my dad's like what? What are you talking about? Like you know nothing about any of that. I'm like yeah but it seems like a way better use of my time. Um, so there was, there was a period there 
so he he was not happy with that i found myself enrolled in conestoga for human resources after that my i i agreed to that but i think he was a driving force there so good on him but uh yeah it was was trying to be a guitar luther um, or Luthier, or I don't know. Oh, the problem. I can't even me. get. I can't even get the name right. I don't know how I'm going to oh, do it. But it's good that you didn't go into that no. right away then. <laughs> no, and I'd. Uh, if my art career in university was was anything, I would not be good at like carving out <laughs> wood or guitars or anything like that. So. Hey. Cool a puzzle all by yourself. Yes. Do you want to do it again? Yeah. Okay, go do it again, and then tell Daddy if you were able to do it again. <laughs> Thanks, kiddo. It's really into that gummy worm vitamin. Yeah. You weren't going to build guitars. No. I had a similar conversation. I think I was, I think it was halfway through university, and I had worked eight months, and then I went back to school for four, and I worked another four, and I remember talking to my dad and saying, you know, I don't really have to finish this. I could probably just, like, have this job forever and work for eight months and then have my winter off to do what I want, travel, etc., and then work for eight months. And he's like, that's selling yourself short. Wouldn't you want to be the boss of that? And I was like, well, but it's kind of cool what I do now. And he's like, yeah, but you could work for 12 months and get more money and travel on your vacation. And I was like, uh, I guess. So <laughs> I see as it turns there. out, I am that exact position. <laughs> now and I'm the boss but uh, yeah it took about another 11 years of school it felt like after that to, <laughs> to get here but yeah I was I think the time I was most re- ready to not continue was when I was sick for four days in the hospital with viral meningitis Jeez. I was like oh this is it this is where it ends for me and you you think you're gonna die so you start like thinking about the bigger picture and stuff it was, it was pretty awesome <laughs> So, at 20, you wanted to build guitars? Yeah. How about now? What do you want to do now? You know, I I think I like what I'm doing. Like, I like... I've always liked computers. Um, I love this machine learning AI stuff. It's just fancy terms for just building predictions and stuff. But there's all, all kinds of, like, applications. Like, maybe not, like, at a financial institution forever, but maybe applying that in something else, but probably in that field, I think. Um, just being able to sit with a computer at hours on end and, like, make it do something that normally it wouldn't be able to do, it, like, brings me back to my childhood. So pretty much what you're doing to my computer right now in the yeah. <laughs> Uh Ron is, uh, he's working on my computer and fixing it. It wouldn't show video on my TV, so I brought it here. And now it does show t- video on the TV. Woo! Yeah, he's got it all torn apart and wires in and out. It's, it's madness. Now just to get it back together. Yeah. So, um, in that vein, when's the last time you did something just for you? Um, and what was it? So I don't think it's a secret, but I definitely bought myself a VR headset. And I have spent quite some time it is living the life. <laughs> Living a virtual life. Living a virtual life. Talking with strangers, making fun of kids, <laughs> getting called autistic. Um, that seems that seems to be the key insult now for everybody on the internet. Oh, it's great. There's even like a VR strip club on that thing. 
um, I like showed it to she's like oh it's kind of funny we should download it and then I downloaded it and then later she was like I don't know if I feel comfortable with you having like a VR strip club in the basement and I'm like well it's not like I'm going to go spend all my time there so. it's not going to cost me much. <laughs> I know right like come on um so I've like I deleted that and then I had another friend come over and I'm like hey there's a VR strip club on the thing we downloaded we downloaded it again but then I realized when you play games in Steam I think you show online and it shows what game you're in yeah so I'm like oh maybe I should be careful some of your other friends are seeing you in a VR strip club playing VR paradise do not disturb (laughs) that's awesome so that obviously makes you happy and you enjoy having the VR studio. I call it a studio, even though it's just a marked off area yeah. with sensors. But it's been it's it's been a few years. Well, so for probably three or four years now, like every year, I get like a work bonus, and we've always just put that towards fun you know, stuff, debt in house and stuff like that. Um, so we had like one vacation that we've gone on outside of the country. It was to Belize a few years ago, and since then it's just been. Um, you know these pieces so finally it was like okay we finally moved I was able to pay off a few things with the bonus last year so you know let's see if I can get a VR system so bit the bullet it wasn't that expensive though was it Um, so the headset was about was about 800 bucks but I had to get a new laptop and that's where it Uh, that's that's where where it got a little crazy yeah so Um, so that makes you happy what's the happiest or most fun I guess time period of your life be careful how I answer that. Uh, the <laughs> happiest time of my life is right now with my beautiful family. Nice. Um, the most fun I've had in my life is not right now with my beautiful family. <laughs> um, um, probably <coughs> that whole span of you are the happiest Daddy? thing in my life. Can you go in the other room and get that out? Daddy? I don't. There's too much happiness right now. Can you? Thank you. <laughs> I can't believe that worked. <laughs> you like a flashy object over there. Uh, probably that time in like university where I was um, being young and stupid, and also like tree planting um, and doing all of those those uh, things. I mean, met a lot of people, had a lot of fun. Um, you know, it probably didn't work out too well for school, but going tree planting and uh, being exposed to stuff like that was just was just great. You did that for two summers, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the second one, you were like the boss man. Yeah. And you got to drive the bus. Driving the bus, so that 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 gave me some good learning moments. It was a lot of fun. I remember distinctly like having a bus <laughs> full of people and like driving really fast out of this this forest. And all of a sudden, the road does pretty much like a 180. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And it, it felt like the bus went on two wheels as I turned really, really hard. That could have been game over for like 60. That would have been on like front page news. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I learned some lessons, you know, trying to grow up and be responsible through stuff like that. But you no, it's like, that you're responsible <laughs> yes, for a whole yes, lot of yeah. It's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be stupid here. <laughs> um, that was a good time. So you are those people that would roll into town and everyone like holds their kids a little bit closer <laughs> while all the tree planters just smoke cigarettes Don't relentlessly. Look. It was awesome. We would all um, like pitch together and rent a hotel room. Um, so there'd be like six or seven people and the hotel would hate us. And in yep. past years, there were certain hotels that banned the tree planters because they trashed the rooms. But yep, I'd believe it. You'd get um, 
every every week you had a uh, a day off. Every two weeks you had a night in town, and they advance you some of the money you got. So you just had all these dirty friggin' yep. tramps with all this money buying booze and smokes and all kinds of. Are stuff. they like? Are a lot of them like city kids that are like free living, free love type of people? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. So, I mean, there's a good mix. It was funny. Like, all the, all the real hard, like, environmental, I'm here for the right reasons, let, let's do this, they left so quickly because, like, it's a shitty job. Yeah. And they told us, they told that to us at the beginning. They're like, if you're here for, like, the environment, this is like, not, it's this not is, your job. If you're here because you want to make some you. money, yeah, here, here you are. And then I remember there was this, this girl from um, Newfoundland on my, my team, and, um, as a foreman, we had to go like audit the land and check that they planted things properly. And and I remember going to her piece of land and looking, and I'm like, well, you're like missing half of your plot. Like your trees aren't aren't where they need to be. Like what's with this whole area? And she's like, well, there's there's shade. Like there's there's shade there. The trees won't grow. And it's like there's shade there now, but the sun's gonna move through the sky, <laughs> and, then, and then there's gonna be sun like all around here. Like I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> The grass is shaking. <laughs> uh, uh, so she uh, she was special. Um, yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, she was a really unique case. Um, so in that, we'll call it. Well, I guess so. My experience, or my last experience with tree planters, because you'd always see them come into town like on a Friday or whatever day it was. But um, my sister's wedding on the Saturday, they were in town, and their bus was parked near the tennis courts. And we were taking pictures of the lake, and they had been drinking some quite heavily, <laughs> and decided this one guy with no shirt on decided that he should be part of the photos. Oh, Jesus. So him and two girls started walking over, and he was very adamant he needed to be in the photo. And I wasn't in it. It was like the other side of the family, like my brother-in-law's family. So, wearing my suit, I just stepped into his path and put my hand on his chest and just said, no. And he's like, I just want to be in the photos. It'll be really funny. And I was like, it's not funny. Leave now. And the two girls were just like, we better go. <laughs> yeah. He was, the guy was approximately cheese's size or like sexy bitch <laughs> about that that dimensions and yeah. he was really trying to charge through me and I just put my hand on his chest and said no not today it was beautiful <laughs> but in that irresponsible time where you had a lot of fun um, is there any memory that jumps to mind when you think of that period like one thing that really sparks it for you that really really sparks it that whole period like a certain concert or party or event or uh, I, I think uh I think some of the the, the good stories, um, some of the the gals in the university that kind of stand out. But yeah, I think those are sort of the best parts. Probably won't. I won't go into detail on those. <laughs> well, we ripped through a good amount there, so I'll go. I'll ask you one of the silly ones. Right. That maybe reveals something about you. I don't know. Some of these questions I got from quirky job interview questions mm. online. Yeah. This is one of those. Would you rather be a shampoo? Or conditioner. Shampoo or conditioner. And I always end up spinning it a certain way, but... So shampoo, you, you, you're you the first in. You're going to deal with a lot of real gross, gross stuff. But I think it's probably pretty satisfying to get all clean and washed out. Conditioner, you just kind of slide in there and lather up and get a little silky. Nice and soft. I don't know. 
um, I, I like to think I'd, I'd be doing something with my life and, and something to shampoo. Yeah. That's everyone brings it to that. I always equate it to like the, uh, the hard, well, quote unquote, hard working research type of people that, or whatever, the people that do the work is the shampoo. And then like your marketing people come in and do the conditioning afterwards. <laughs> But I don't know. I don't, that's just the way my logical brain always plugs into that. But sounds like you have some logical aspects to your brain, also. <laughs> I'm a shampoo guy too. I think that's the if there's a right answer, it's probably shampoo. And and uh, and you can you don't need conditioner. I was just gonna so. say you can get away with just shampoo. Here's a fun one for you. If you were a type of food, what type of food would you be? Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, I think you are, you know, what's that saying? You are what you eat. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a, one fucking thick ass hamburger, man. Um, you didn't hear any of that. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't hear any no, of that. No, you didn't hear words. any of those words. None of those words. Um, <laughs> like I've got, you know, this is the. I got the weight component there, but all the nice, nice fixings and toppings nice that you can buns. dress them up differently. Yeah, nice thick buns. <laughs> <laughs> nice and juicy. And you, and you go well with pretty much everything, I think. Yeah. I went broad on my answer. I'm breakfast. You're breakfast? Yeah. I just, I could eat breakfast any time of the day. I love it. Yeah. Eggs Benedict is my new thing. Oh, pretty, yeah. Pretty into that. Benny's good. That hollandaise sauce. Wow. Very Dutch. Yeah. Your people. Are you more of a hunter or a gatherer? I'm probably more of a gatherer. I don't, I'm not a very go get um, not super social, a little introverted. Um, you know, I don't, uh, you know, aside for, you know, some things that are, are pretty near and dear to me, I probably won't go out of my way to do a lot of stuff, which is probably to my detriment. So probably more of a passive sort of, you know, pick things up, collect them, um, do what I can in sort of a, a lower capacity, I guess. That doesn't make me sound in the best light, but... Well, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I never thought of it in that, from that point of view with the, the social aspect of hunting's generally done in packs, wolves... Uh, yeah drunk guys that go out and hunt for moose uh, and then gathering is often well I guess it could be either it could be yeah. a, a solo activity or it could be a group activity that's interesting I guess it's maybe more the the, the <coughs> part of it of like yeah being very very pointed and sharp with a goal and uh, going out there and having to to really you know stab some rhinos in the eyes to to get your dinner versus call it maybe a little more safer and a little bit more relaxed I don't know yeah in that light or the way you frame it I would lean towards gatherer as well just I don't like to be the tip of the spear so to speak but in once I'm doing something I tend to I wouldn't say that I have a control issue um, I used to joke that I had some light OCD and then I found <laughs> out what OCD really was and that's, think... that's not fun for anyone but I tend to find myself like in the planning committee of stuff. Yeah. I was going to say, I think you, you, even if you, you don't see it, 
I think you often gravitate to being that that tip of the spear, especially when it comes to like organizing things with like the guys. And I, uh, I think that's partially because I have very little patience for uh, inactivity. <laughs> like if you send something out and you don't get an answer back, that's where the OCD part plays in because I don't have the completeness of everyone's answer. So then it's I end up trying to kick people in the butt to like, what are you doing? What, what what's your answer? What's your preference? What what meats do you want in the salad? We need to move on this. Yeah. We need to know now, right now. It's desperate. Okay. So there's. I'm gonna save these last. I find them to be the hardest. Oh shit. So I'm gonna ask you who would play the lead role in the movie of your life. I'm so bad with like actors and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you like it's hard to do on the spot. Like you'd almost have to look at pictures of actors or a list of them for hours and figure it out. So if you don't have, like, you don't have to answer any of these if you don't have the answer, but for me, I would gravitate towards, like, a John Candy because I'm often called John Candy or Uncle Buck <laughs> by relatives, especially when I used to have that little fedora. I was Uncle Buck. I think, I think I'd have to say, like, um, what's his name? Like, Zach Galifianakis, but, like, but in a serious role. Um, well, as serious as my life can be, but, uh, you know, I don't have the comedy chops that he would, but I think visually more, probably a, a yeah, gruffy, large guy, um, would probably fit well. That's a pretty good one. The cat's doing weird stuff on the stairs. I got distracted there for a second. <laughs> um, what are you licking? What would be the title of the movie of your life? Oh my gosh. Lackluster. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a joke there. Instead of blockbuster, it's lackluster. <laughs> Come see the summer's newest lackluster. I think mine was something. A, st- about. a story about a man. <laughs> mine was. Uh, it was always tied to a nautical theme because the tugboat. <laughs> so it was like the tugboat on the high seas, or I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen to all the other ones. <laughs> Cheese would be really good at coming up with one for me nautically. I think maybe just like Ronnie. Ron Rockman. Ron Rockman. Yeah. A true man story. <laughs> yeah, the movie one seems to, the title one is hard because you're trying to like encapsulate your whole life in one <laughs> little tagline. They don't usually do that. They do it for a story that's about two hours long, not an a lo- entire lifetime. Um, would you rather be liked or respected? Um, I think I would rather be respected. I'm I'm very well liked at work, and that's not um, always like the best. Yeah, well, I think I think I've tried really hard to do that, and I end up having to bend over backwards for people, or um, you know, people come to me um, to get things done easier instead of like through the right way, and I'll usually take it. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you have to the right thing isn't doing what would make you liked, but is doing the right thing. And I think that is leaning more towards respect and having to, you know, do what's proper and sometimes make the harder decisions. So I think I'd probably want to be respected as as opposed to like liked is great, but I mean respect I think speaks a bit more about your character than just like, oh, he's a nice guy. He's great. I think if you can start with respect you can build to like over time. Yeah. Or or you just you know That's true. Kinda like the bouge certain people like the GRP, he hates them. But God does he respect them. <laughs> like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I, at my work I feel like I 
there's a, a group of people that like me, but maybe don't respect me. There's a people, a group of people that respect me and like me, and there's a group of people that are neither. Yeah. Um, the neither group, I think, is, I think it's more they're moving towards the don't like but respect portion because my biggest thing that I try to do, consciously try to do, is. Um, and I read it in some HR shenanigan like five years ago. Uh, it was all about the say-do gap. So when you say something, how big is the gap? Like, is it forever? Is it relatively short? Do you always do what you say you're going to do? So that for me, that is something that I strive for in all aspects of my life. That if I say I'm going to do it, I'll do it. Um, and, you know, that kind of pushes me towards being a little bit blunt sometimes so and I think you know I'll use an example of Admiral Bonesaw's wife Dutchie uh, over in Ottawa she you know I've rubbed her the wrong way sometimes but I usually but eventually she said you know what I kind of respect what you do because I'll ask you like hey do you want to come on this weekend or do you want to come on this thing and you'll just be like right away you'll either tell me yes or no and you'll stick to that mm -hmm. whereas other people will be like oh yeah i'm interested but then you know they change and yeah. stuff like that and she's like me she wants to have that plan locked in like as far out as possible so that's we get along because that's how i roll is just yeah i'm not doing straight that. shooter yeah. yeah i'll shoot you straight that's for sure right from the hip and then this is the hardest one, I think, in my opinion. It's the only one left. All I right. think it's the 13th question. I, I, hilariously, there's 13, I think. So what are you known for and why? That's a hard one to answer. I know, um, because you have to be really self-reflective. Yeah. And but I also think... try and empathize with everyone in your life. Well, that's the, that's the hard thing. So I think, I think with different groups of people, I'm... Growing up, you know, in in high school, I had, of course, a group of friends. also had other groups of friends that were kind of outside of that. In university, I kind of ended up with, uh, like, newer friends and was a little bit more distant um, to the, the older group and then eventually moved into work, and, and that's a whole different life. So I think in different places, I'm, I'm known for sort of different things. I, I think, you know, chiefly among, like, our friends... I've got a few stories under my belt that I would would probably like to, you know, keep under keep under the belt yeah, <laughs> under the belt got, eventually. But you've got some classics. So I think I think that. Um, but hopefully, I'm I'm known for hard help being being a funny kind guy at work. I think I'm known a bit more for being a, a hard worker. You know, knowledgeable. I I know probably more about that company than than some of the people that have been there. Um, longer uh, people who are leading that company. leading company so I think uh, and and as part of my goals we were talking about earlier I want to be um, known as you know somebody that can you know bring machine learning and you know data analytics and, and data driven business um, insights and that kind of culture to the forefront of our company and stuff like that so that's what I would hope I'm known for from that group, um, but uh, but generally um, for everything, shit, for everyone. Well, you don't have to be one thing no. for everybody. No, it's true. I would I would have said first general thought, first thing that popped up to my head, would have actually aligned with your work one of hardworking. 
probably to a fault. Yeah. So this is the guy that comes to a boys' weekend, and everyone goes to bed at like eleven o'clock, and then you stay up till like three trying to solve a problem in the middle of the night, like just getting it done, <laughs> because no one else can do what you do. So my question for you, and it's I'm just gonna veer off track because on conversations with Cheese and the Tugboat, we're huge fans of getting sidetracked. Yeah. In your work life, how important is recognition for you? Because right now you're doing all this work, you're helping all these people, like you say, you know, helping them do shortcuts and things like that. Where, like, how important is it for you to be recognized? For doing that so I mean I like I like recognition um, I mean recognition's great and it's nice when that that happens uh, I think I think now kind of at work it's gotten to a point where I'm I'm consistently involved in those those sort of like impactful um, meetings or, or issues that come up so maybe the recognition is just sort of faded a bit because it's sort of expected now, but I feel I do a lot of the hard work um, and a lot of the things I want to do, one, for, for sort of self-learning, because that stuff interests me, but really I don't want to let people down, and that sounds silly, but I've got a good relationship with my boss, although, I mean, sometimes I feel opposed to that, because it it's, I don't know, it's like Stockholm Syndrome, I'm saying... You know, I've definitely vented about, like, the work and the amount of work and the hours, but at the same time, I enjoy the environment, I enjoy the people, and I'm doing that so that we're all going to move ahead. And, and I guess maybe that's not so much recognition as opposed to, I don't want people to be like, oh, d up. So maybe it's, it's out of fear of that as opposed to the recognition piece. Um, yeah, and I think to some extent that drives everybody yeah. that you want to be successful. But yeah, I feel that sometimes too, same thing where you take on more, you do more than you're supposed to. Your wife's here. Oh. To, like, you're a company man. Like, you, you feel responsible for what you've invested yourself in, and you go for it. Yeah. That's a good answer. And I would say the easy one for what you're known for is hardworking. Why? Uh, because you work hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty simple that's one. And I think, uh, I don't want to speak for the friend, the friend group because I don't know all of them, but the boys, anyways, I would say they would agree that you're hardworking, uh, almost to a fault. Yeah. And, I, you know, I can commiserate with that, especially during busy times of the year, spring and fall, where it's like, hey, here's all the work that needs to be done, and you just dive into it and go for it till it's done. That's good. Yeah. I feel like I should be asking you questions. No, that's fine. But I get I get asked questions. Uh, no, I'm the interviewer. It's, it's never mind now. <laughs> Put that down. Put it more. Well, we should probably cut it off because I think your wife's about to walk in. So All right. that's been a conversation with uh, the tugboat, interview tugboat. I don't know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks to Ron. Thanks for uh, coming on. Thanks, thanks for having me. All right, well, we'll pause it's it there. It's been so long. <laughs>